You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum and Rob Hollis. Rob, it's not it's not actually called that. I'm sure maybe if we renegotiate someday, who knows? But I doubt it. Um, Rob, I love you. Uh, we had a great uh, episode today. We talked to Erica Christensen. She walked right up the street here. She lives down pregnant. the street. She was nine months pregnant. Nine months pregnant. Walked up the street. What? What is she doing? What is she thinking? That's uphill too. We had a blast with her. Let me tell you something. Uh, she talks openly, freely about Scientology. She educates my dumb ass about it. And we talk a little bit, very little about religion, but we talk mostly about life as usual and uh, just all the crazy things that uh, happen in, in our lives. Rob, um, Erica is a fascinating person. You might know her from Traffic, Parenthood. You've been around the block. And she gets personal about a story, you know, with the whole movement, the Me Too movement and everything. And she gets a little personal and tells us a story that was... Uh, it's just good to hear her perspective on things that happen and what happened to her, and it's important to hear. Yeah, she had a very healthy outlook of what happened, too. Yeah, and I, I, I can appreciate that. I think we'll all appreciate that. Inside of You is brought to you by Hymns. Michael, you were bald for a long time, right? I, I played a bald guy on a show called Smallville. How does your hair hold up? Are you... Well, I, you know what? My hair has been holding up pretty good, but my dad had good hair for a while, and then all of a sudden I, I started to notice dad's going bald. He's looking like the lead actor from Poltergeist. Yeah, you got to recede. I can kind of see it's receding a little bit. Are you doing anything for that? You're receding, you son of a gun. You got any bald spots popping up? Well, let me just tell you, besides me, Rob, a lot of guys deal with this stuff. They deal with a lot of issues. They got you know the hair loss. 66% of men want lose their hair by 35, which you're right around the corner. The thing is, when you start to notice hair loss, it's too late, Rob. So what's the solution for this? I think the solution is for hymns.com, a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, sexual wellness for guys like us, for guys everywhere around the world, for men in general, Robert. It's science, man. Uh, I, I think that you know these guys can, if you're starting to get a bald spot and you can get some help, guys deal with a lot of issues, man. We deal with you know not being able to get it up. I'm sure you're young, so you still get it up frequently. Yeah, how is your... Uh erectile I mean, I, you know i'm still getting you know i'm still doing pretty well but you know uh, you could use some help okay well i think everybody could use some help so what what hymns does is they connect you to real doctors with medical grade solutions no waiting room no awkward in-person doctor visits save hours by going to forhims.com f-o-r-h-i-m-s.com forhims.com it's that easy yeah they just prescribe you right there and then they ship it directly to your door you don't have to be self-conscious about going to the doctor's office and asking for yeah it's weird you know it's like hey doc what's going on old guy i can't get it up or i got some hair shit going on here order now my listeners get a trial month of hymns for just five dollars today right now while supplies last see website for full details this would cost hundreds of dollars if you went to the doctor or a pharmacy go to for slash inside that's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash inside. Forhims.com slash inside. Let's uh, get inside of uh, Erica Christensen. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. I was a little worried because um, not every guest comes over to the house pregnant. <laughs> oh, I don't know what the worst thing could happen is. Well, I, I could think of a couple yeah. of things. Yeah, no, I'm ready to pop. But even like it's not like in the movies, like if you go into labor, you're going to have the baby 
sitting on a couch right here. Like you're, I'd be like, oh, I'm in labor. Well, we got several hours. Let's wrap this up. You know? Like, yeah, you'd know, right? Yeah. Would you, would you just give me a wink or? Uh... I'd be like, oh wow, that's a pretty intense contraction. Wow, your couch is wet. <laughs> I with my first pregnancy, my water never broke. So, so how I don't did know. you know? Because I was having really strong contractions. What are cramps like? What are contractions like? They're like a muscle cramp, like when you're working out and you, it's like a Charlie horse almost, like it just contracts really hard. Yeah. So it's just like, it's a physical exertion that you're not doing intentionally. Were you nervous? First uh, baby? (sighs) Not really, because I thought that it would not be productive and you can go down. (laughs) Not be productive? Yeah. Productive to be uh, nervous? Nervous. Yeah. How do you control? You meditate, don't you? I don't, but I really, I educated myself on like what the body's doing. Just like, this is what your body's trying to do. So instead of being freaked out the whole time, you're like, okay, I'm going with what my body is doing. It, it's doing the right thing. It's having the baby. Do you know for a long time I thought your name was Erica Christensen? I'm sure. It's actually Christensen? It's true. I'm sure very many people still think that it is. And I, so first of all, thank you for allowing me to be inside of you today, Erica Christensen. Always a pleasure. This is a real treat for me. Uh, you walked to my house. You tweeted me back a few minutes ago and you said, I'm walking to your house because we're neighbors. Now this walk isn't, it's not like Jane Lynch lives a couple houses away. Oh yeah? That That's a, a feasible, uh, plausible walk. <laughs> for you, you're, you're not that close and you're how many months pregnant? Uh, nine if we're counting pregnancy as ten. Which most people don't, but the doctor does. But yeah, you walked. It was a little far. I was a little worried. I was like, holy shit, she's kidding, right? You're nine months pregnant and you're walking. I'm going to go, I'm going to say three-fourths of a mile I, that's, uphill. That's <laughs> both ways. That's a little generous. I think it's like a half a mile. Yeah, but here's the reality. There's not a lot of signal up here unless you have Sprint. I don't There's... have team. Uh, wait, I have Verizon, rather, which is terrible in this neighborhood. But somehow, yeah. So I was what able... happens if uh, you know all of a sudden the contractions? Do you know how we met? I don't remember the exact moment, but I know that we were both working in Vancouver. What were you doing? I think I was doing um, the Perfect Score. Perfect Score. Yeah, yes. that's right. And that you movie. were yes, great cast. Yeah, and we hit it off somehow. I forgot where. Oh, was it? Probably at the Sutton Place Hotel where everyone meets where everyone. everyone. Meets, yeah, maybe. And you were clearly like deep into your Vancouver life. In Smallville, shooting Smallville up there. Yes. And I remember we be- we hit it off, but it was just we were friends. And I asked you to go with me. To a foreigner concert. Is that not what you were going to say? Yeah. Oh, good. Well, then- what? What? Go ahead. No, I was like, yeah, I totally remember. We had a great time. Yes, but you don't remember. Didn't we go to the Lord of the Rings? Oh, the premiere of Lord of the Rings Lord back the in Ring. L.A. Back in yes, L.A. It was yes. with my friend Tom and Denise. We went to the Lord of the Rings premiere. And I remember it was a great time. And afterwards, you're like, hey, I got to go. My dad's picking me up. <laughs> nice. Remember? I don't remember You don't that, remember but the I Lord of the Rings. Wanted, you remember that. I remember that. I remember that because I saw pictures from that. And I was like, oh, I didn't look cute. Why didn't but, you think you look cute? Because, I don't know, I wore my hair natural, girls. What's wrong with natural? Exactly, but it wasn't working for me that day. You've been in the biz a while, right? I have. Wait, okay, yeah. Yes, I have. I've, I started working as an actor when I was 12. When you were 12? Yeah. How did you know you were going to be an actor when you were 12? You are in Seattle, right? <sighs> no, we had moved here already, thankfully, or I don't know how it all would have worked out, but um, I'd been performing live with a group of kids. 
basically like church group. We'd perform around town. Singing. Singing, dancing. dancing. Singing Michael Jackson songs and dancing and What Michael whatever. Jackson songs? Um, Beat It. Man in the Mirror. That's probably the best Michael Jackson song there is. What, Beat It or Man in the Mirror? Man in the Mirror. Yeah. Do you know that song, Rob? Yes, I know that song. My dad was a big <laughs> Michael Jackson fan. Your dad's a big Michael Jackson fan. Do you know Man in the Mirror? You know Man in the Mirror? Yes, I know Man in the Mirror. I'm going to make a change for once in my life. That's the song you sang. It is. So you're a good singer. I didn't even know you sang. I just thought you were a great actress, but I didn't know you were a singer. Oh, I love to do it, but I don't always do it. So I'm not, so just, I'm not in shape. You know what I mean? You have to be in shape to be a singer? Yeah, you're vocally in shape. The muscle. Is that true? Is that like a constant muscle you have to work if if you want to be a great singer? I believe so. I mean, I guess you don't forget how to sing. Like I could, I can carry a tune for sure. Do you sing but... in front of your husband? Yeah. 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 Does he sing in front of you? Yeah. He does. Does yeah. he have a nice voice? I think so. He he. For some reason, he gets a little embarrassed when I compliment him on it, but I think it's beautiful. Really? Yeah. So you're st- you're acting at a young age. Your parents always like supportive type. Did you have the supportive? Yeah, well, here's the whole story is, okay, actually, the whole story, if you want the whole story. Speaking of my husband, he'll be so happy that I told you the whole story. Why is that? Because he he just, like, he has these little things that he knows about me that he wants other people to know for some reason. He's like, but they don't know that part of the story. You have to tell. So, okay, so we moved to California from Seattle when I was four. Okay. And I think my mom just got a lot of, like, oh, your kid is cute. You should get in the business. And you were the middle kid. Yeah, my older brother is eight years older, and so he kind of, he went to boarding school, and he wasn't super in the home, but um, my younger brothers... Brando and... Brando and Dane. And Dane. I hear they're really hot. They're super hot. They're super good looking. They are. They're six foot three and very handsome. And you were the middle kid, though, so didn't you see... Well, what... No problems as the middle kid? Well, I feel like I'm the oldest because my older brother... Was so old, was much the, older. Yeah, didn't he, really... yeah, we didn't have that dynamic. All right. Um, but so my mom got me going in extra work when I was She got five. you going in extra work. Yeah. And I I don't remember that I disliked it or anything, but, you know, I got some work. I got... Uh, I was on Webster, the Web Touchables Come episode. On. Webster? Double episode. Eman- you worked with Emmanuel Lewis? I did. Was he awesome? I don't remember. Is he alive? Five. I'm saying yes. Rob, check it out. Emmanuel Lewis. See if he's alive. I think so. Well, because I know the the other person, the other guy from Different Strokes, uh, Dabney Coleman, Gary Coleman, he died. No, 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 no. Wait. No, it's it was Gary Coleman. What? Right from? Gary Coleman from Different Strokes. Shit. Which, which short person did you work with? Am I going to get in trouble We're for gonna, saying no, short No, I'm going to get... I'm going to get in trouble no, for no, not no. knowing Look, my own. They both had hit shows at the same Google. time. Is Emmanuel Lewis alive? I bet for he the is. Win. He is alive. He's alive. And was he on Webster is the question? No, yeah, that is actually the question. He was. He was Webster. Of course okay, he was Webster. all right, all right. Okay, good. And so, <laughs> I was five years old. I don't remember. I was an extra. I was one uh, of many small children. You weren't children. allowed to talk to Webster. Probably not. Mm. Dressed as a little flapper in the... Like Untouchables episode. So what did your mom do? She she just said, so, "Hey, I want you to be an extra." So she just she, it was her idea. It's not your idea as a five year old. Exactly. Okay. And so we did it for All like right. a year, and then they were making a pilot of Dirty Dancing, which clearly didn't go. But they they offered me a line, and I I was a like, "Line of Coke." <laughs> they offered me a line of a Coke, line and of I said, blow. "No thanks." Like yep, a good I don't little do girl. That. But they offered me a line of dialogue, and I said, "No thanks." And my mom was like, "Oh." Oh, bad idea. Cool. No, not going to do the acting thing. And so we didn't. 
And six years later, I'm performing live, singing, dancing, all that stuff. And my parents were like, so where's all this going? Like, what do you have, you know, ideas about what you want to do? And I was like, I knew at that point I want to be an actor. And they're like, but five years ago, you wouldn't even say one <sighs> effing line, yeah. Erica. For reals? And then they discussed amongst themselves and they said, whatever, let's give her a little trial period. And I started working right away. And they were like, okay, I guess we can. You started booking right away, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. Commercials. How old were you? 12. 12 years old. You're booking the McDonald's commercials? The McDonald's commercials. Did you speak in these commercials? No, unfortunately. I didn't speak in the McDonald's commercial. I did a Volvo commercial. How much money do you make? Do you recall a lot, right? If yeah. you're in a commercial and it runs for a, a six months or a year, yeah. you can make fifty or a hundred thousand, right? I would say I probably made close to fifty on at least one of those. Fifty thousand dollars on As a commercial. A kid. Yeah. We haven't even made fifty thousand on this podcast. <laughs> and we have to like divide it between us. And work. Yeah. And we have another partner. Yeah. More so than like no a day. money. But McDonald's, you worked there for a day. Did they give you offer you free uh coupons for Big Macs? Were your parents into <laughs> health foods? My parents were super into health foods. So you didn't eat Big Macs? I I it was like an occasional thing, like an occasional. I remember specifically, we were on a hike with my dad, and me and Dane and Brando were not into it. Like, it just got to a point where it was hot, and we were tired, and we were, like, kind of stuck on the sail or something, and he was using McDonald's to bribe us. Like, we're going to go to McDonald's after this. And you did. And we did. But that's my only recollection of eating McDonald's as a kid. Pretty much, it was like... My mom made protein shakes, which I still drink to this day. Protein shakes as a 12-year-old. There weren't protein shakes back then. I know. There weren't. They were gross. She made like some kind of healthy protein powder and and berries and stuff like something. And we were just like, oh, mom, this is disgusting. There's chunks in it always of like yeah, the protein shake, the, powder the that didn't weren't dissolve. as good, right? You shook them. <laughs> Remember those little shitty shakers? Yeah. You put some ice in there and it just like yeah. you taste everything all coagulated. It was gross. So you're 12 years old, you start working, you're doing commercials, you're doing uh, dancing, you're like, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And so then you start taking acting classes. Yeah. And they're supportive. Somehow. Uh, Especially when you're paying their rent. Yeah. Were you I pretty mean, no, much? No, I, mean, I wasn't. No, you aren't. You mean, no, you... I wasn't. But I, but I was definitely, I was definitely working. Um, I was definitely getting work and enjoying it. And I was really committed to it, like really willing to go to acting classes and spend all the time preparing for my auditions and all the stuff. Right. I mean, did your parents take it seriously? They were like, you know, like, you're an actress. That's it. My dad even, like, is like, come on, what do you do? Right. You act. Right. How hard can that be? He, he thinks you just go and you sit, you act for five minutes and then your day's over. That, I mean, the time between action and cut, if you could just oh, count gosh, it as right? that, that would be amazing. Wouldn't that be amazing? Amazingly, myself and my parents all believed in me. We were all like, this is a worthwhile thing to do. So you're a very supportive family. You come from I'm a supportive... Very- now, do you think – now, you've talked about this a lot. Yeah. I know you talked about it on Dax, my, our, our mutual friend Dax's pod, uh, podcast. Mm-hmm. But do you think religion had a, had a big part in your life? Because here's what I see. I'm, I want you to talk to me about this. And yeah. we don't have to – we talk as much as you want or as little as you want. But I see religion really working for some people, and I see it not working for other people. Yeah, totally. Obviously, the value is when it works for people. And – when we respect each other for it because we have seen on the you know the macrocosm of what happens when we don't respect each other's religions wars it's bad um yeah um, it's pretty simple i mean if yeah. you think about it it's pretty simple it's like hey why don't you believe whatever the hell you want to believe yeah and if that makes you happy and that's what you believe then you believe it and just stop worrying about 
I think that's it's just such an easy idea yeah. to think that. Like, okay, you're Catholic. You're a Jew. Do whatever you want. Great. Just don't tell me what to do. Yeah. I'll decide what I want to do. Exactly. And, and so, I mean, how did they get – it was your dad. Did he start practicing Scientology? Uh, my parents both started practicing Scientology like in the 70s in Seattle and then met through that. And then – And what they love about it? My dad read Dianetics. I know, I know my dad. L. Ron Hubbard. Right? Yeah. Released in 1950. Essentially, I don't know, like, if self-help books were really a thing before that, but this was a self-help book. It's basically, like, a biology book for the mind. It's very, it's very technical, but the whole point of it is, this is why we do the things that we do that are irrational, that we don't want to do, that we don't know why we do them. This is the structure of your mind. And how how it got to be that way, and how you can undo it, and be rational, and respond to things appropriately in present time instead of responding to things that happened before and stuff. Right? So it's it's, just it's, like, it sounds like psychology in a lot of ways. Exactly, psychology. If the word were a broader word, if it didn't define what we know as psychology, if you just took it as like a study of the mind, then right. absolutely. So you're saying that. They fell in love with this idea, this concept, this belief, and that it worked for them. And they were able to change ways that they didn't like about themselves and sort of mold this new person based on knowledge and awareness of who they are in a way. Exactly. Except I would say that uh, it's not molding a new person so much as it's stripping away the stuff that is not who you really are. It's just I'm speaking from personal experience now, but it's. Getting at the core of who you are, all of the good things about you, all the things that you like about yourself are the real things. And the other stuff that you don't like about yourself are not the real things. Because a lot of kids at, in high school, they start to rebel. Ah, my parents are Scientologists. My parents are Jewish. My parents are this. I don't want to believe that I'm atheist or I want to believe. Did you ever go through a stage where like, I don't know if I buy this stuff? <laughs> um. No, but I. But, but Dane I, did, <laughs> <laughs> or Brando, or one somebody definitely. <laughs> there wasn't any enforcement, so there wasn't anything to push back against. What do you mean enforcement? I mean, I know what the word means. I, I mean, it's not like you. They said that I had to do any of it. It's like this is what we're doing, and these are the, some of the things that we believe. Obviously, there's. It's actually impossible to force anybody to believe anything. You can force somebody to say they believe something. Well, if they have a weak mind, I think you can do that. You can you can like trick them or Manipulate something. Them, yes, yes, exactly. But but they said this is what we believe and this is why we're doing some of the stuff that we're doing. So I took a course at twelve years old and I was like, Yeah, I'm into it. I dig this. The course that I took, which was like a few hours. And I was like, All right, cool, I'll do another one. And they were like, Okay, great. And they cost 30 bucks or something. They're like, sure, go ahead, whatever. And I just kind of kept looking into it and kept looking into it. And I was into it. So it was just never a thing. It was, it's so personal. Did they take you out of school because of the acting things and that's why you were homeschooled? It had nothing to do with Scientology. No, no, no. Yeah, it was because I was working. I was like in my classes and working and auditioning. And, um, and the school that I was going to, which was rad, was 9 to 5 or 8.30 to 5. And so That's a long school day. Yeah. 8.30 I, to 5. That's a job. I had no concept of anything otherwise. It was lots of electives and Oy. it was great. But I couldn't do both. Like I, I, would, I had too much schoolwork to reconcile with my work work. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> with studying my lines or whatever. Right. And so it just didn't work out scheduling wise. And so we ended up just doing. Homeschool. I mean, also, do you get into the place where, like, I don't know how this works, but like Hasidic Jews are allowed to marry Hasidic Jews. They date. You know what I'm getting at? Yeah. When sure. you're a young woman and you're doing movies and you see a cute boy on set. Does it matter if he's a Scientologist? Does it matter if he's Christian or whatever? I mean, is your husband a Scientologist? Uh, I don't know. You'd have to ask him. He's, really? Yeah. Because he's <laughs> he was super open to it always. Like, okay, you know, obviously whatever you want to do is great. And then I'd explain more. And I'm doing it like at the time that we met, I had the time to be studying essentially every day. So I'm like, oh, here I go. Okay, bye. And then at the end of the day, yeah, this is what I was reading about, and this is whatever. And and he's you, like, so you talk to him about it. You say, yeah. this is what I'm learning, and this is what I... Yeah. But isn't it a private institution where your ideas, you can't tell people your idea? Um, see, I'm Absolutely a, not. You're I'm educating so glad. me. I'm, I'm so asking. Glad. But why would I know any of these things? Well, I, don't I don't even know. know when Hanukkah is. I'm the worst <laughs> Jew in history. These are why I want to know these questions. I I have friends that are very religious Catholics and Mormons. I have my friend John Heater, who's Napoleon Dine. He's yeah. a Mormon. I love him. I go to have dinner at his... Whatever works for you if you're happy. And sometimes I go, geez, maybe I should be a Mormon. They're freaking happy up there. Yeah. Family oriented and they just, that they're present and they're like, maybe I need some religion in my life. What's going on with me? I'm a little bit all over the place. Maybe I need something that works. I agree with all of this. Okay, you just Thank said. You. Wonderful. Thank you. I'm not uh, saying that you need religion. I'm saying, yes, it's beautiful the way it works for some people. Basically, yeah. So I was telling him all about it and he was just like, cool. And then eventually... Oh, well, he kept expressing ideas just in life and conversation that were aligned with things that I had learned by reading and studying Scientology. And I was like, where did you get that idea? And he was like, I don't know. It's just what I think. And I was like, okay, pause, because I had to learn what you just expressed by studying it. So let me find it. And I could like find it in a book and go, look, read this. And he'd read it and go, well, that's what I just said. And I'm like, that's my point. You agree with me on something that I read in a book, but you just have in you. And so that kept happening. And we came to the conclusion that we tend to agree. <laughs> so you tend to agree on things. a lot of things. Yeah. You're, I, I see what you're saying. You're, you kind of want, like, talk to him about it and he'll tell you. Because that's his business. Even though, yeah. like, you don't need to, like, for instance, Rob could say, oh, yeah, my wife, Natalie, uh, she's Catholic. But you won't say he's a Scientologist. That you like that's his. I mean, there there are some people like me who are obviously vocal about it and like vocal in a way that I end up talking on podcasts about it. <laughs> you but know, I, I and love that. Uh, yeah. And it's just I love how honest you are because to me this is an education. This is an education for me who doesn't know a lot about it, and it's also like it makes you. I, I think. It, the world, a lot of times, or society, Hollywood, they could paint a certain picture of things, and yeah. this is bad, and this is horrible, and don't go there. And you're like, you know, why don't I talk to someone who actually it works for, and it's great, and has positive things to say, and educates me. Um, and that's what it sounds like you do when you don't know something, you look it up, and you, I just have people in the pocket. Instead of reading, <laughs> I, have, I have you come over to the house and educate me. That's a great solution. Isn't it? It is. Rob? It is a great solution. Just have, yeah. yes, everything, anything that you're curious about, you're like, well, I, don't, I don't know anything about that. Find someone who will tell you. Who will come over the house. Yeah, so you don't have to leave. Yeah. And <laughs> tell I, you all about it. Wrong with that. No, I think it's so, great. So you, in your quest for, not quest, but you, you wanted to get married eventually, you wanted to have a family, yeah, right? These are yeah. things that you've thought about a long time. 
But you didn't think, totally. I have to marry another Scientologist or someone who has my beliefs entirely. I'm open. Right. It's... But they it's, have to be. They have to be happy and and like let me live and and b- believe what I want to believe. Of course, they they couldn't say like that. I I can't believe what I believe or do what I do or and yeah, and not it. like be happy for me. But uh, and I've never encountered anybody like that um, in all of my dating experience. Um, <laughs> but things that you believe mostly, hopefully, I guess, would lead you to act a certain way, and so that's where it becomes important and practical so as long as we could get on the same page with things that we do then we're cool when you're in a relationship you're living with somebody you're raising a kid with somebody then that you find areas where where there may be a little bit of friction are just areas compromise yeah where we haven't figured out what wait what do i believe and what do you believe oh i'm I had read this thing that said, if you let the kid, whatever, then it'll lead to this. And that's what I was thinking. That's why I was getting upset that you were letting her do that. Cool. Well, it came from an email that who knows like what the, what this website, if that's true or not, but we have to try it your way and try it my way or whatever, you know, or if it's a Scientology concept, this is why I was thinking that is because here's the concept that I'm operating on. And so do you think it'd be cool if we can handle this that way? Yeah. Okay, good. We're good. Inside of You is brought to you by Rocket Money. I love Rocket Money. You know why? Because everyone should have Rocket Money because it just helps you save money. How many times do we have subscriptions that we don't even know we have anymore and we're paying so much money? It's throwing away money, Ryan. I, I found one. You And you did it. You told I me. Found, I got Rocket Money. <laughs> I, I found one. It. I'm embarrassed to say how long it's been going on, but thank you for finding it. <laughs> My God. It was embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, because it's like you want to watch some show and you go, oh, I have to subscribe to this uh, this streaming, dev- uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you, you start streaming the show, you watch it, you leave, and you forget after this trial period it kicks in and it's they're charging terrible. you 10 bucks a month. It's, it is embarrassing. Ugh. You know, 75% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about. Before I started using Rocket Money, I thought I had, you know, like, oh, I have like five subscriptions. I could not believe it when they showed me I was paying for like four extra uh, between, you know, streaming advices and fitness apps, delivery services. It's never ending. And thanks to Rocket Money, I'm no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lowering your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with the customer service for you. I don't like that. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash inside. That's rocketmoney.com slash inside. Rocketmoney.com slash inside. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know how many times I have to talk about this, but it's so important. If you're sitting there right now and you're stressed or you're anxious or you have a lot on your mind and you just bottle it up and you don't know what to do, it's going to come out and it's not going to come out in great ways all the time. Um, BetterHelp has helped me substantially. Ryan here 
have been using it for a while. And I, you know, don't you notice when you don't use BetterHelp? When you don't have therapy? Oh, the weeks where I miss a session? Of course, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's like the more you talk about something, even if you don't think you have anything to talk about, things come up and it puts your mind at ease. And we all carry around different stressors, you know, big and small. And at times we keep carrying them around rather than processing them and letting them go. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. Therapy from BetterHelp is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for all of us. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I think people think, oh, what if I don't like my therapist? If you don't, you switch them. It's that easy. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash inside. Now, can you be a Scientologist and, and, and get away with breaking some rules? There, I don't know what rules. Like, like for instance, like Rob, then you say like no drugs. You could drink, but you can't do drugs. Yeah, well, that's not a Rob, rule. Lift your yeah, voice yeah, sure, up. Sure, yeah, sure, your sure, voice. Sure, Thank you, sure. Rob. Um, Rob's pretty educated for a 29 year old. <laughs> 30. <laughs> 30. <laughs> um, it's not a rule per se because um, it's an action that comes from a belief. It's an action that comes from the belief that ultimately, to use my word from the beginning of this, it's not productive. Um, and it's, it's kind of exactly counterproductive to what Scientologists are trying to do, which is be more aware and more present and more responsible for themselves and their actions and their decisions and all of that and confront things head on. Right. I mean, I know a ton of Scientologists that have a history of using drugs and, and stuff like that, but there's a history you, of every religion. Yeah. You don't really do. Yeah. Commandments. And it's not like you get kicked out of the religion. if you break Yeah. Them. yeah thank God. It's like, you break them all the time, Rob. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> but breaker. it's like, what do you, what do you want to be doing? Do you want to be doing this or do you want to be doing that? Cause they're, they don't really go together. But we hear things like, you know, you hear stuff and like I, I questioned this about John and being a Mormon and I asked my friends who are Catholic. But like you read a lot about the stuff like Travolta and the, the, the black male and the reason he can't get out is because he's so blackmailed and he they have all these things on him. Oh. And, you know what I mean? No, I mean, not really, but like, okay. But they, yeah, they, they'll yeah. say, they'll, they'll, you can't get out now because we have pictures of you with a man or they'll say certain oh things. This, um, But you see how this gets sort of uh, blows up and it becomes something else. And, but you hear yeah. about this stuff. I, I don't really, but I, but I totally believe you. And I think it's interesting now living in the, you know, the, the post truth era as we do now, <laughs> Yeah, right. how easy it is to spread information that is, if it's exciting enough or if it's somehow connected to something true that it just, it just sticks and goes wild and whatever. Right. I, I mean, I definitely know people that have been Scientologists and then decided it wasn't for them. And then, you know, I know people that have kids that aren't Scientologists or other members of the family or yeah. whatever, you know, like it's, it's really, it's a thing that you do. So either you're doing it, it's like, literally, it's like, do you go to the gym or do you not? But see, that's the thing. I look at you and I see a woman who is together. I see a woman who's extremely pregnant, who walked up my street, nine months pregnant. You felt like you could do it and you did. 
Right. You didn't perspire too much. <laughs> that but was no. my, my whole aim. That was my whole <laughs> But you're... I was like walking, like kind of hiking up <laughs> Don't to you, and I was like, slow Don't down. Don't collapse. Slow down. Yeah. Bring the body heat level down. This is why I brought it up because I was like for you it works. Right. Religion works for you. Religion works for a lot of people. I see you as someone who's together, who's happy, who's friendly, who's compassionate, who has a, a huge amount of talent, who has always seemed so happy and together. And so I say, awesome. <laughs> I appreciate that's that. That's what I will say. That's very complimentary. Now, Thank you. Are there anybody in the family that's not into that? Does their own thing? They. Uh... My nuclear family is all into it. What's nuclear? Mom, dad, three brothers. So all the tight, all the yeah. So, but there's some people do you, uh, those that don't believe are like ah whatever. Do you still are you still friends with the family? Yeah, there's there's no like friction. It's not a wholesale like whole cloth like you must take this. It's like oh you you know you got injured. We could do this Scientology thing called a, a touch assist where I, I put my finger on your body and it could help you heal faster and feel better. And you want to do it? Sure, okay. Whoa, or whoa, you're whoa, not. Whoa, whoa, is that true? Yeah, you can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody? It's like. Can you do my neck right now? Yes. But we'd have to pause for, I don't know, maybe a half hour or just in case it took that long to have you get some you improvement out help, of it. Really? Here's the thing. Because it's, I have a, a herniated disc in my neck. Yeah, there's another assist. There's all this whole grouping of like very basic processes or, you know, exercises that are called assists that anybody can do. And they're super simple. <laughs> I think this is hilarious because we could get off and talking about this. But it's basically getting you... Uh, in communication with your body by directing your attention to different parts of it. And so you kind Ooh, of, it increases like blood flow and stuff. Yeah, I don't pay attention to enough areas of my body. Just a couple. <laughs> Too much attention on some. And just and not enough. The main, the main well, attention grabbers. Not, I mean, I probably need to work more on my mind, that muscle. <laughs> okay. My neck muscle, obviously, there's some pain. Rob, are there any things that you need to work on? I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> That's vague. It's no, quite it's vague. not. I mean, literally, it's like, oh, I twisted my ankle. Like, oh, okay, let's do an assist on that does your husband assist you yeah he does some assist work totally right <laughs> it's <laughs> because it's very simple stuff you don't have to be a scientologist to do it you don't right have this to, is you just, know like this yeah. is like it could be considered a form of acupuncture absolutely a form of uh, uh just another form of healing yeah there's so many variations so many ideas and if it works it works great but you don't take norco for those pains is that a drug that I am just not familiar with? It's it's a drug. It's a pain pill. Got it. Yeah. So you wouldn't do yeah, that. Yeah. No, probably not. Right. So you've probably never taken pain pills. <sighs> I had some ibuprofen when I uh, skinned my whole leg really bad. Really? <laughs> yeah. You're not drinking your pressed juice that I got you. I'm not drinking it fast enough. Well, you are can you just saying? mix it up a little okay. so you get those things in there and then have a drink. I mean, okay. you know, you're pregnant. I just want to keep you hydrated. Did you have an epidural for your first baby? Mm. -mm. All natural. In fact, I had my first baby at the house. You did? Yeah. I could have passed by yelling while you were pregnant. <laughs> you could I could have like, caused Erica. her. Yeah. I've had an I had an epidural this week. Monday I had an epidural Very... in my in my in my neck. It didn't help. I'd rather do assist points. Oh my god. Yeah. Um and they give me what's called Verset, fentanyl. It's everything Michael Jackson died of. <laughs> um rolled into one. But That's... I had a really good uh, anesthesiologist. His name is Dr. Krikorian. Not Krikor not, not Kevorkian. Krikorian. He okay. wears a bandana. And um He's very kind, but we're looking for alternative medicine and, and okay. other things to help me out. We're yeah, getting off topic, off topic. But it's okay, super easy it sounds to like do. you had a together family. Like everybody was supportive. Yep. Was Brando and Dane acting? Were they? Uh, 
they have done and they're good at it, but they don't have, I, I think, the same drive to to pursue it that yeah. I, I had and that obviously one needs. Because Did you have confidence that no one else had in the family when it came to that? Like you just, you were just alive with that? Yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing because, you know, like... Have you had people ask you like, well, did you think you were going to make it? And, and you're like, I don't know if no, I would have. I, I thought so. Yeah, I don't know if I would have tried if I really <laughs> thought that I wasn't going to make it. Yeah. Like my my intention was definitely to make, make it, it, quote unquote. Yeah, like yeah. I'm going to be an actor. Like, yeah. So I'm going to be working at that. My brothers are super artistic. Dane is uh, a, a photographer hunk. and a hunk yeah. and fantastic actor. And Brando is a painter and a writer, very prolific on the spec scripts that I just like. It's amazing. And books and things. So your family so, is just, they're very diverse. Yeah. Do, do you ever, did you ever get nervous as a kid? Were you nervous on auditions? Did you get a panic attacks? Did you get anxiety? You're, you're nodding your head. Yes. Yes. Well, I, there's one thing that I specifically remember was so frustrating that would happen when I would get nervous. And may still someday in my future what happened my throat closes up like just in the middle of a word it'll just close up has it happened at all as in adulthood i don't think so but i've also grown into myself a lot you don't you know? do you get nervous when you're working not usually i get nervous if there's something that i don't understand about it you know if and then obviously there's work to be done there. But there's... it's not a confidence thing. You don't go, I can't do this. I have fear. I don't believe in myself. I'm going to get anxiety. Those things don't go through your head. No. See, that's a that's a gift from God. And Dianetics. And Dianetics. <laughs> yes. And Dianetics. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But it is. Yeah, absolutely. Whatever. It, it is because, oh, shit, I, 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 you know, we, I talk about this all the time. I talk about to tons of people, actors and musicians and athletes and all the time about their their anxieties and their things and what do you think keeps that you know in check there's part of a acting method i guess that i have that basically like a step of it is to like remove that part that thinks that you can't do it don't that's not part of the equation like you don't get to decide that you get to do the preparation and then you execute it it's not for me to decide whether it was bad or good it's for the director to decide if it was bad or good or you know, okay you oh know. let's dissect that for a second okay because that is an incredible i mean there's a, a, a confidence in you that you separate that that that, that just doesn't happen overnight this is something you worked on. Was this through just growing up and taking acting classes and getting the right teachers and having the right uh, energy and um, not being in a, a dysfunctional family <laughs> yeah. and having the support staff that you just – the fear of the, the um, I'm going to fail, I can't do this isn't part of the equation and never has been? I'm, I'm sure it has evolved through many of those factors. I mean, as we also discussed, I did I did start out with a healthy dose of self-confidence. Like, I remember one of my first auditions, the feedback that my agent got was that I was green, quote-unquote. And I didn't know what green meant. And then I found out, oh, it means inexperienced, which I was completely inexperienced. And I was so offended. I was like, how could they tell? Like, what gave me what away? Racists. What <laughs> How could they say that? Um, but then all of that kind of acting approach crystallized with this school called the acting center where they're like this is the criticism that comes from 
your own mind and from your classmates and everything like that is it's counterproductive. What's productive is practicing what you're supposed to be doing and getting a grasp on who the character is and letting the character do their thing. You know, did you ever get on set and you're doing something and you do the first take and the second take and the director says, you're not even close. This is not what we want. Uh, I think we got to take a step back. Oh my God. Or recast you. Oh, have you ever been fired? No, that would, could you deal with it? I mean, yes. And I would also be, I'm sure it would be a process for me to deal with it. I would be like, okay, cool. So why did you hire me? Cause let's figure this out. What were you expecting from me that you're not getting here or whatever? Well, that's also scary. I've talked about this, but if you get cast, sometimes you get what's called an offer Mm-hmm. without having to read and mm-hmm. i've had those and i think those as much as you love them they feel good for the ego mm-hmm. i got an offer today um yeah so i'm not <laughs> auditioning for what you did i got an offer for it but here's the reality then you get to work and you're like i didn't audition i don't know exactly what they want oh i don't God. so now you're going on set and, and you're just hoping that you are what they want no and you open your <sighs> mouth up. because when you audition and they go uh-huh let's test him let's give him another audition and then they're like yes well, that's what they wanted because that's what I did. Oh, 100%. So there's something, there's, there's this weird balance, right? It's a, yeah, I so agree with you. There's when you are given an audition, you do the work and you find the character or, you know, what you think is the character and whatever. And, and you come in there and then they say yes. And you're like, got it. Good. We're on the same right, page here. Right. Whereas you show up and you're like, did I do my all of my work? Oh, shit. And then there there can be like that whole, okay, navigating and then, okay, I think we're on the same page here. <sighs> yeah. But yeah, but you have to know the character is. That's do you, are you is. a good sleeper? Not really. You're not? I'm, no. Are I, you in your head a lot? No, it's more physical, usually. What, what was physical? Um, restless leg syndrome. Really? Yeah. Is that really what that's called? <laughs> it's a thing. Of course, I don't take anything RLS. for it. Yeah, but it's a thing. I just I, put it together. <laughs> restless leg syndrome. Did you know, see how I did that, Rob? RLS. Look it restless up. Restless leg up. syndrome. It's a thing. Just like RPO. Rob's pissing me off. <laughs> um, they have all kinds of, I, I think, you know, probably over-the-counter and prescribed muscle relaxants for things like this, but I take homeopathics and magnesium and stretch and whatever but. i had a little numbness when i woke up this morning a little, mm. the tingling in the arms mm-hmm. and the hands and the legs maybe i just slept wrong i don't know and i've had some uh what's the stuff called uh acid reflux not mucus acid reflux a little oh like dear. twice in the last week huh i don't know what that's about maybe spicy i should see someone food? maybe maybe a little spicy food wait yeah. to solve it or maybe that's what caused it because that's what i meant that could have caused <laughs> okay, it okay good that could have caused it. Okay, so you don't get nervous. You do your job. You're able to let it go. You've always been. You don't hold things in. You don't. Do you do you stress? Are you a stressful person at all? I'm. Are you a screamer? Do you yell oh, at your husband? Oh God. Do you ever just lose your mind? What if I was? I don't feel I just like I would know. say yes, but I'm not. You never. I I can't imagine you screamer. raising your voice. No, I'm not a screamer. There's. It's so funny. The other day, we were having one of those parenting things where he wanted to he wanted to rip off the bandaid that she had on her arm, and I was afraid it was going to hurt her. And she was tugging at it and and hurting herself by doing it, just tugging at it, and it was like getting the hairs or whatever, and it was too slow. So he was like, "I'm just going to pull it off." I was like, "No, we're going to go swimming." I told her the pool will help it take take it off. So don't do it right now. Just wait, wait, wait. And he's like, "I'm going to do it." And I'm like, "No, no, wait." And then he ripped it off, and she was fine. But. 
I was like, babe, you, we, if we're having an argument, we have to have the argument. Like That you, was an argument? Oh, That's it, the most you've gotten in you? <laughs> I don't think you should take off the Band-Aid. Yeah. I told her I'd take it off in the pool. Yeah. Now I'm going to do it now. That's your argument? God, I mean, we, ra- that house. we raised our voices a little bit more than that, but she was right there. And that, and that was like, okay, so pause. Here's what happens. She adds this urgency because she's just like whimpering and crying and you don't want her to cry and i don't want her to cry so we're both trying to solve this thing too fast you can't just opt out of the argument and make the decision and he's like i know but i was i knew that i was right and i was like of course you go into every argument knowing that you're right we both do but we have to go through it to the other side where we're on the same page and then cool go ahead and rip off her bandit because now we're in agreement you know (laughs) do you have a rule where you're like hey we can't argue we have to when we go to bed before we go to bed before we go to sleep we have to it has to be over that is such a good rule but i don't we haven't particularly specifically expressed that that's a fantastic rule i will say yes and i will implement it from here forth really yes so you have been mad at each other for a good day maybe well we've never had opportunity to need that rule We do argue about stupid small things like that, like whether to rip off our kid's Band-Aid right. or not. What about people on set, like other actors you've worked with? Have you ever been like gone home and go, oh, my God, this guy is such a douche magnet. Oh, I can't work I'm with this sure guy anymore. He doesn't have, listen but... to me. He doesn't care about my lines. He's selfish. He's late. Or she. Let's go to she. Maybe she did this. Right. You, didn't, you haven't done a movie with Michael yet? Oh. Uh... How long have you been thinking of that one? He was thinking about this <laughs> since the second I started talking. Um, I'm sure I've worked with people that I, I... I definitely worked with people that I didn't get along with particularly, but it's more like... Like, there are things that, again, growing up and, like, being progressively more responsible for myself and my own emotions and reactions and everything, I've come to realize, like, oh, that person's just, like, that's their sense of humor. Like, don't take it personally. It's cool. And maybe it takes a while to, like, get cool with it because you're like, I feel attacked by this person. And it's not personal at all. So cool. Okay. Whatever. Who's the best actor you've ever worked with? Oh, that's a cool question. Somebody just came to your mind. I could see it. Well, the fir- the first thing I thought of was Michael Douglas. And then I was like, well, let's see. Is is Michael Douglas the best actor I've ever worked with? Pretty good actor. He's a great actor. I got to work with Tim Roth on his oh, show. Oh, I love Tim Roth. He's just delightful. Um, honey bunny. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, honey bunny. Um. Craig T. Nelson. I mean, Craig T. Nelson. Dude, Craig T. Nelson's always been my hero, poltergeist. And I know Dax, he was so excited when when Parenthood started and getting to work with Craig T. Nelson. And I remember day week one of the show, I go, I'm coming to set to meet Craig T. Nelson. And he goes, all right, bud, bring it. And I went over and I met Craig T. Nelson, hung out with him. I was like, oh, my God. I just He's the greatest. He's the greatest. He He's seems like a guy so... that's great and present, but then he could just kind of be like, you know, a little older and like, oh, fuck this, I'm done for the day. Fuck off. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he, I don't think he'd leave the set, but he would get to that point where he's like, oh god, this I'm, is over, it. I'm more take I'm over it. Home. I'm over it. Right. But but he's so real. Like, there's no like, I'm Craig T. Nelson. No bullshit. He's, no, yeah, he's so just his. He's himself. Did you every day? Morning, Craig. Morning, Erica. Craigers. Yeah. Craig T. Yeah. We all call him Craig T or Craigers or any variation of that. And that was, a, that had to be just a great show to work on. Oh, a lot of emotions, was, but a lot of people in that show. Uh, it, it's insane how good of an experience that was. And it's insane also, the reaction. People get so excited when I say you or friends with Dax or 
they are like parenthood oh my god parenthood yeah parenthood i love parenthood that's that show just took off it really the people that saw it love it which is awesome very yeah. passionate fans of that show including me loved it loved it but what, what i was gonna say was back to like confidence as an actor and being able to let things go it's such a good i'm sure people get this from like long runs of theater and stuff like that but a long run of a show with the turnover of material you're like who cares that script's gone next you know like too late right i think it's it's a it's a very healthy you get a very healthy relationship with like okay i did it Fincher's not directing this, so you got three takes and we're moving on. Next, like, what good is it going to do to go home and think about it the rest of the time? Because you got to read the next week's script. Are you constantly learning lines? Are you e- is it easy for you to learn lines? I'll say this. If the writing is great, Always. then it's so easy for me. If it's not, it's the worst thing ever. It's hard to if learn any clunky. lines if it's bad. Yeah, if and it's sometimes clunky. it's clunky. And you got to be careful. Well, yeah, because you don't know, like, how does that thought lead to that thought? I don't understand that. And like, what is, but if it conceptually flows, I'm good. I'm, I'm like, it's, I read it and I'm like, maybe I should read it again. How was Dax as a director? Wait, did Dax direct one of our episodes? He directed Parenthood. He directed, he also, I, I know because he directed me in uh, Hit and Run. He yes. directed me in a uh, couple of things. He's, he, he's great. I love working with Dax. No, Dax is fantastic. I'm just trying to remember. Were you in the episode? I mean, was I not? Did he direct the episode with Richard Dreyfus? No, there's Maybe no way. That was like season two. That was season two, man. I think. Or some, yeah, early on. Right. Whereas they didn't let actors really start directing until later on. <laughs> did you direct one? No, I didn't. I wanted to. But did Craig I, direct one? No. Peter directed one, right? Sam Jager directed one? Did Dax direct one? Are you, are you backing me? You're going to be Dax did direct an episode of Parenthood. Jesus, which one? He did uh, Keep on Rowing. Keep on rolling. Shit. I mean, there was as only a hundred episodes. Yeah, 2013. If, 2013. Wow, that was pretty early on. Uh, yeah. Jasmine and Crosby <gasps> contemplate the future of their family <gasps> as they welcome a new roommate. So it was probably <sighs> mostly them. So he was directing himself in that yeah. episode. Well, as you know, Dax is incredibly considerate, incredibly articulate. <laughs> Smart, funny, yeah. charming. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, 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 a, he's like very much a team player and very articulate, which are the things that I want in a director. Yeah. So I can say without remembering the specific experience how great it was. Well, maybe you weren't even in that episode. Maybe. Dax is really going to be pissed when she I know. This is embarrassing. You no, know, but I bet you don't even have one, one scene with him. I bet that's what happened. Maybe. Well, did you ever have a no episode, no scenes in an episode with it? No. Okay, so, so, uh, <laughs> so I was, really I was gonna. The, this is this is six years ago. Yeah, you, you, you've had yeah. a baby in, a, in three fourths already. Yeah, you know. Yeah, thanks. Um, you've done a lot. I mean, you've done tons of movies. You've done tons of TV shows. You've done a lot. Right. And now you're what? Thirty five. Thirty five. You're born in 1982. <laughs> Do you ever get to the place where you're like? I don't really want to do this anymore. I just want to raise a family and just kind of hide out and have fun. Or do you really think I can't wait till this thing comes out of me so I can go work again? Both. There's like a speed of life that I get used to, whatever it is. So when it's slow, like it is right now, like we're just chilling, waiting for this baby to come out. Crazy. No, I, I get used to it, and then it scares me. Where I'm like, I could just sit here and yeah, like make right? a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and like, or dream up a nice dinner and cook dinner, and then what else have I done all day? Nothing. Uh, uh, you're working. Having a baby doesn't look that easy. It's definitely it's definitely it's a lot of work. it takes a lot of energy. 
I'm I'm definitely hounding my agent and manager for like, well, so what starts mid September? They're like, you're pregnant. How about yeah? They're like, calm down. But I know that they're casting stuff for September soon. So let me Ooh, add it. You're ready. Look at you. I can see well, yeah. in your eyes. You will. You love work. I see, really that's, do. That's what I see in some people's eyes. Even Dax is when I look at him and we talk. He's like he just wants to work. Yeah, he just wants. There's there's those people. It's the creative high, and it's also it's my job. So it's it's one of the main ways that I value myself is by being a part of something and contributing to it, and and then hopefully making a, a product that touches people and moves people and is exciting and all that. So a sitcom on uh, CBS. Yeah, six thirty. Will you would you do a multicam? I, I don't know. It was brilliant. But I don't know how to do brilliant multicams these days. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if there's a lot of brilliant multicams. Yeah, I don't know. Um, are you up for anything? Is there certain things you wouldn't do? Would you do nudity? In the right context. Like, here's a great, here's a great example of the right context is uh, Shakespeare in Love. Gwyneth Paltrow is essentially a woman playing a man. And then it's revealed for romantic purposes that she's a woman. And he's like unwrapping her bandages that she put over her breasts. And it's beautiful. And oh, look, she's a woman. And I was like, oh, that's great. Whereas sometimes I'm just like, mm, they're having a conversation, but everyone's just focusing on her nipple. Like, can we yeah, get that right. out of the corner of the frame so we can get back to listening to what they're saying? Because everybody forgot what they're talking about. Are you upset there's not <laughs> enough dongs? In uh, in the industry that I they really, show, or you don't really care. I don't care. Dongs aren't as nice I to look they're at. Not. Right? They're just like flapping dongs. Rob, I'm very upset. They're not. <laughs> well, I mean, dongs. I'm all you know the equality and all that stuff, but it's just like you know, women's breasts are nicer than men's balls. Listen, I agree. Oh, good. Okay, yeah. you're with me on that. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And all the more distracting. Yeah. If they're not there for a purpose. It's like a weird nose. <laughs> well, just okay. just like it has to really be. A plot point that we're supposed to be focusing I on. I know Otherwise, there is to know about the crying game. Remember that? Or else, yes. That was the movie yes. to show Dong, and that was needed. Yes. Dong it's was a needed. a huge plot point. Yes. Buffalo 66, unnecessary. No, then we're just distracted. That's just distracting. Did you see that? Yeah. That was the very long blowjob Were you disgusted by it? Or did you think it was art, Rob? Because you're an artist, aren't you? <laughs> I mean, I like Vincent Gallo. You do like movies, Gallo. but that was a little much. Hey, you know, doesn't like. <laughs> Here it comes. Not everybody likes it. Yeah, that's true. You can't please everybody. So you want to be on a show again? You want to be in a movie? You want to work? Would you do Broadway? I think so. Like, I yeah, I would. But I also, I also know that is so much work. Yeah. Like, it is really... That seems like the, the hardest thing in the world to I me. would think so. Eight shows a week, three hours a night. It just seems a lot. You're on your feet. Can I tell you when the most nervous was that I was recently? Yeah. It was when I was singing. I, I got to sing the national anthem at Dodgers Padres, oh, the last... Was that Second echo? to last. The echo? They warned me about it. It was okay. It was okay. Because I had my headphones on or whatever. But I had my uh, earbud. So you didn't hear the, hear the echo? I mean... I heard it, but it wasn't enough to throw me, really. Right. But not having been, like, a singer in years and years, I was in the bathroom, like, practicing the song, like, probably sweating. I just, I remember, yeah, just being, like, basically, like, I can't really talk to people right now. That's that's the worst, where I'm just like, nope. Just don't talk to me. I'm just going to, yeah, I'm just going to hide until this is over. 
And I ran into friends beforehand, and then I went and sang it afterward. They were like, "You didn't mention that." I was like, "Nope, couldn't couldn't mention it." Was like, just had to get. Did you hit every line? Very almost. I got a great response, and I was very grateful. But you know, listening to it back, I was like, "Oh, that was almost. That was real good. It was almost." See, I'd mess it up. (laughs) I'd probably sing "Oh Canada" by accident. (laughs) Oh Canada. Do you know all the words? Oh, yeah. Are you Canadian? No, but I lived in Vancouver doing Smallville for a long time. And yeah, so I know I know that. More than six years? Seven years on that, two years in a show called Impastor. Yes. And another pilot. So I, I've been up there quite a few times. Wow, you guys did Impastor in Vancouver? Yeah. You've been lucky. I mean, Parenthood shot here and you just like, you were in the Universal lot, right? Yes. I mean, it w- what a we blessing, could not, man. Seriously, it could not have been better. Could it Originally, very originally, it was supposed to shoot in like Pittsburgh or something. And then it was supposed to shoot in the Bay Area. And I was down for all of it, but really grateful that it ended up. Do you want your kids to be actors like your mom kind of like took you by the hand and said, here, how about an extra, some extra work? Um, Did you do that with them? Only, I think only if they expressed interest in it. But, and they're going to How do they not express interest when they're living in Los Angeles? Yeah. And they're going to be exposed to it because they'll, I'll bring them to work with me or whatever, you know? Right. But it's one of those things, like if it's a real passionate thing go for it who am i to say yeah that's a nice thought yeah i i don't obviously my overall experience in hollywood uh has been very positive just because no i like my stuff. job because you, I mean, cause you work and you go home and you don't get absorbed or sort of it doesn't become all of you you're able to let go do what you're supposed to do am i right i mean i do yeah i like i take great pride in just in in showing up to do my job and to just be on the team, you know, and 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 take orders and but, like yeah, just I like I like being a good soldier. I love I, I love and having those creative highs and everything like that. But I I mean all all of the also speaking of like the world we're in today, the the post Harvey Weinstein whole thing, like I look back on stuff that I've experienced and I've been like, Yeah, that was not appropriate. Um not to say names, but what was the moment where you like I got myself down the wrong uh in the wrong place and uh this is kind of like i remember here's here's like the the culmination of it mm-hmm. is like i was at someone's apartment alone with them they had told me that there like a bunch of people were going there and then we show up and there was no one there yeah, and that's like, a lie it's not yeah, your yeah, fault I... they lied no surely um but but basically like at that point i was like mm, you said there were gonna be other people here and there's not and he was like yeah, well, and, you know, and so clearly he's like, yeah, well, I wanted to get you here. And I'm like, cool. I could have left at that point, but I didn't. Basically, let's say I did hypothetically, because then there was another time that we hung out and then he's kissing me, whatever. And I'm like, stop. And I'm realizing how physically strong he is. And I was like, OK, no, no, but for real, you got to stop now. Stop, stop, stop. And then do you understand what I'm I'm saying? No, because like I like you as a as a human, like as a friendly person, and I'm interested in things about you, and I'm curious about you, but I'm not into this. And you were uncomfortable, extremely uncomfortable. Yeah, I was just, I was very much like, it got a little bit further along physically than that, and I was like, okay, you could easily overtake me physically, so I need you to grasp so you, that I'm you saying said that. no. Well, yeah, I was like, I need you to understand what I'm saying, and I understand how you feel like maybe I've misled you. Okay, bye. I better go now. But that was, it was Holy grasping shit. the point where 
I'm like, I understand how he could believe that. And I understand that also because I used to be very, let's say, arrogant. Like, boys like me. You know, I used to think, do you remember? This is this is so great. Cole's going to be so happy that I'm bringing this back. Like, when we went to the Foreigner concert and stuff, I, like, leaned in and you're like, oh, no, no. <laughs> What? I fully leaned in for a kiss, and you're like, nope. <laughs> I said no? Yeah. I don't remember that. Oh, God. This is, is I it think better? I would have totally kissed you. Is it better that you don't remember it or that you do? I don't know. You really did? Maybe I didn't realize I what was really, happening. I don't think I said no, no, no. no. no I, think, I did? I think you were like, I had mistaken the situation. Really? So, yeah. And Wow. And I was like, oh, wow. I'm that person that just makes the assumption that, like, oh, you're into me. But I don't think that's an assumption. I think sometimes you feel something and the other person doesn't. And you, sometimes it's a little shocking or a little jarring or it's a little bit like, oh, mm-hmm. I've had a date with a girl. And then I reach in and give a little kiss or something like, uh, and I'm like, oh, wow. I'm like, you, I thought it went really great. Can't even have a pet kiss right. or not even a kiss on the cheek or something. But look, I, but your situation, let's rewind for a second because yeah. all I could think about was this. All I could think about was the situation that you were in Mm -hmm. and it wasn't your fault. He said, people are coming over and this and that. And then the entitlement. And I feel like, Oh, she came over and that's where it gets scary because you get with the wrong person and they can't bad things happen. And that, you know, I, I, I I could visual, you visualize that very good for me. And I, you know, very well. And I, and I, it's kind of scary. Yeah, it could. I mean, I don't know. Maybe my mom and hearing this would be retroactively scared for me because, because, yeah, it, there was that moment where I just realized, like, this body is so much more powerful. Like, yeah. I don't know how much weight this dude has on me, but, like, if he did not grasp what I was saying or didn't care, which is what I think a, you're getting at. Way. Yeah, if he really just didn't care. I was very interested in him as a as a fascinating person, you know? Like, like if I had a podcast, I would have him on, you know, to be like, what makes you tick, man? Like, you're so interesting and successful. Right. Like, But you weren't attracted to him. Like right. 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 And and we ended up talking about that at some point. Like, I, it may, have, it may have been right then when I was, like, really trying to make it clear. I was like, I am impressed with you as a business person, you know? Like, right, right, right. And and you're so successful, and I I want to understand that, and I think it's so interesting, and you know, but th- that's a different yeah. thing than what you thought it was. It's a crazy time, and it's a very important time, you know. And all this all this stuff happened in the last year, and I think it wakes a lot of people up, and it just says, "Hey, you're not going to get away with this sort of shit." And the behavior that was happening was was just so ridiculous. Oh, and I couldn't. I the thing I couldn't believe was like you'd hear about these guys and. Guys who, I just don't understand this, can just whip it out and start masturbating in front of a woman. And I'm like, that's that to me is, there's some kind of psychosis. How does that happen? Surely. How can you just, a woman's there and that's enough to, I don't get the psychology of it. I don't, is it a power thing? Is that what that is? I, I think that's definitely part Rob, of it. It's got to be. What is it, Rob? Rob, what is it? I, I am not sure. It's it's. It's just I can't I can't put my mind around. I can understand like that's what gets them going. And, no, but you know what? There are a lot of things that people are into that gets them going. That yeah, that's are true. like a that's real true. foreign concept. But you found Cole. Yeah, and 
really pursued him. <laughs> like, <laughs> really? Yeah. Made him uncomfortable? Uh, no, it didn't make him uncomfortable. He somehow had gotten my phone, my phone number in his phone as Tim Johnson. Tim's our friend who lives in Massachusetts. And so like three weeks of me texting him and he just thought it was Tim this whole time and me texting him like, Hey, let's hang out. Okay. Let's <laughs> he thought it was Tim. Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> let's go on a bike ride. Let's, which is Tim rides bikes and he's a, he's a professional cross racer. Like he, it made perfect sense for three weeks until finally I said, Oh, I met your, I ran into your friend Steven today. And he was like, Steven, did you meet Tim? No. Uh, who am I talking to? Oh my God. Is this Erica? The whole time he didn't realize you were doing yeah. this. Cole's from Memphis. The Lakers were playing the Grizzlies. I was like, hey, do you care about the game? Like, I don't know. Just trying to start. Why did you like him? Um, Because he's. Sensitive. It's his like joie de vivre. It's his, you know, his, his adventurous and playful spirit. That's what you loved. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. What about his ruggedly good looks? Well, that too. And the fact that I didn't feel like he like he was aware of how good looking he was, but I, I that was a change. Like at very first, I was like, "This dude, he's so handsome. He probably is an asshole." And then I met him, and I was like, "Oh, he's so." Did your folks awesome. like him right away? Um, no, they were they were just like, "Who's this guy?" Like you just leave for you just go on bike rides and crash your bike with this. Guy oh yeah, you have the, the big wreck. I got all yeah. I got I got so oh. I broke my wrist. I got scrapes and scratches all over me. They're like, "What are you? Uh, what are you doing?" And I was like, this is happening. This is a really thing. This is a real thing, which is an awesome thing. I've granted we were together for like four years before we got married. But getting married is such a it's so calming and stabilizing for everyone. Everyone knows what marriage is. They're like, oh, it's for real, yeah. <laughs> you know. And so as awesome as it is for us and it is totally different being married than dating. I think it's also awesome for all of our friends and family that are like, yeah, they're no, it's it's a real thing. They're not just like having a summer fling That's that nice. lasts. Who are four your years. Hollywood friends? We all have Hollywood friends. Rob, unfortunately, I'm his Hollywood friend. <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> I said unfortunately. You don't have to second say it again. Um, I'm reiterating it. Uh, yeah, I heard you, Scott. Scott Con. Yeah. Yep. Scott's one of my main Hollywood friends. And um and then Topher. You ever talked to Topher? I just had him on the show. Oh yeah, I love Topher, right. but we never hang out. Right. We're, it's the, we see each other at parties and then we like you're mostly a family up. guy girl yeah family guy family girl yeah family that's i mean that's that's you yeah family church life work yeah that's what you do that's what i do okay lately extended lately like the last two years since i had a kid real happy to just be at home and then go to work and then be at home and then go to work uh this is a questions it's just a quick question you could answer them fast Wait, are these like Twitter questions or are they? These are Twitter. I mean, these Brilliant. are what people want to know. Lisa Hall at Negation666. I love Parenthood. How is it to work with such a great cast? Everyone in that show is wonderful. Show made me cry a few times. So relatable to my life at the time and probably still is. Awesome. Um, that was a good answer. No, no. It was no awesome to what you said. And what I'll say is it was a dream. I had a, I, At a certain point, I had to recognize that I was like taking for granted how good everybody was on the show. Watching the show, I was like, everybody's brilliant. Everybody was great on that show. Yeah. So um, delightful, creatively very stimulating and rewarding from the experience of being able to make everyone cry just like you. Yeah, I cried too. Um, Sophie Miller at Soft Zookeeper. Does she have any good stories from the swim fan set? Oh, man. I have to say, I think I think I saw some more questions on your 
Twitter that are about swim fan. And I will say that uh, I was playing like a very sexually predatory character that I was not that way in my life. Yeah. And so working with Jesse Bradford was awesome because he was full. Every time I'd be like, is this working? He's like, no, it's totally working. You're doing great. <laughs> Literally. I was like, this skirt makes my ass look so fat. And he's like, no, it looks great. Like he really, he really was there for me. Oh, and no, this is a better story. Yeah. Let's it's, hear it. Don't worry. It's fast. Um, when we shot the, uh, what is probably infamous scene in the swimming pool, I asked the sound department if they would play Let's Get It On right when we started the first take. And wow. I, I was like way more. I thought it was the greatest thing. I thought it was hilarious and everything. And Jesse was like, okay, cool. Okay, take two. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, <laughs> but I was like, I have to break this up and make it not really awkward and serious. Cause Sometimes you have to do that. Serious. Sometimes it is. Yeah. And serious. Or it could be really funny. Yes. You're having sex with Rob. But in the movies, it's always <laughs> very See, I got you back. serious. <laughs> yeah. uh, this has been a real treat for me. You live down the street. You took the time. You're going to give birth any minute to your second daughter. Hopefully not any minute. This is a real what, what's your What's your Instagram and Twitter handle? What is it? My Instagram is Erica Christensen. Right. Christensen, as you pointed out. Christensen. Um, and my Twitter, which I should change. <laughs> but right now, as it always has been, it's Erica Jane C. My middle name, Jane, after my grandmother. Did you ever? Did anybody ever call you Jane? It was always Erica. EJ. I got e, I got EJ for a while. EJ. Mm, EC, really mostly. Mm. Yeah. This is awesome, Rob. Aren't you excited? She came on the show. Very excited. <laughs> what a treat, right? And you didn't. You know, Dax doesn't let Rob talk. I. I he does. Rob's. A, he doesn't, yeah. right? <laughs> no. But I do. You do. You're very gracious. It's become a nice team. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. No, I hope you too. don't ask for more of a percentage in the company. Oh, my God. We'll talk later. This could go on. I could hang out. Isn't it easy? It's just fun. Longer. I feel like that, too. This is just, a, it just we're just hanging out. Yeah. I you hope people I mean? find it interesting because I, I could just chat yeah. with you all day. I hope, I hope they do, too. Um, you're going to give birth. You're going to move on. You're going to do big and great things. I hope you'll come back and see me. If not, of I'll course. yell at you in front of your house. Yes. Now. You can come over while I'm in labor and. and are you going to have the, bit, the second baby I there? don't see why not. Thank you for allowing me to be inside of you, Erica Christensen. Uh. Erica Jane Christensen. This is a real treat. I love you. Thank you for being so open and honest and sincere. <clears throat> I'm dying. And educational. My pleasure. You really were. You educated me today. You educated Rob. He didn't know a lot of these things. Very cool. My pleasure. Yeah. All right. We're ending this. <laughs> Bye. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.